Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Happy day. Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast, episode 37. Why can't I remember anything? And wait, what was I just doing? Guess what? Our episode this week is about working memory. So here's the deal. Some of us are better than remembering things more than others. Some of us are just good at this working memory thing. We've talked a lot about it before. Um, Executive function, there are 11 skill areas. We have strengths in some, strengths or not such great strengths in others. Issues, some challenges. So think about it when you need to remember a phone number, a shopping list, or a set of instructions. You rely on what neuroscientists refer to as working memory. It's the ability to hold and manipulate information in mind over brief intervals. It's for things that are important to you in the present moment, not 20 years from now. So it's really the memory that you can consciously hold in your mind in one instant, at one instant. You use working memory hundreds of times every day. So when challenges show up in working memory, um, it's it's apparent and it, it causes constant, sometimes constant challenges. For example, you might prepare a list before going to the store or think about what you want to accomplish at work. You are using working memory. It's an area of the brain where you store bits of information you plan on using again in the near future. So the number of items that you can store in your working memory might not be as much as the number you're significant other or your best friend can accommodate in their mental shelf. Research shows that, like, for example, young children have limited working memory skills, but working memory continues to develop until about the age of 15. But not everyone develops at the same pace or has the same working memory capacity. Some people can just store more information than others. So researchers disagree about the number of information or bytes that can be held in the brain. Some say it's as many as seven items. Others claim it's four. And you, we know you can increase your working memory capacity by grouping things together. So then we've, we've override, you know, like the, the chunking idea. Uh, a telephone number, for example, is 10 digits long, but often we break that number up into three groups, allowing us to only use three working memory slots to remember those 10 digits. Some of us, I will uh, be completely honest here, I've always struggled with working memory. I've written down the list, forgot it, get to the store, I'm like, ah, don't remember a single thing I've written down. Or I'll say, don't forget your keys, your da-da-da, your da You know, don't forget your keys yourself. I always forget something. And it, it becomes like a, a, you know, a joke to all my friends. It becomes a joke now to my 11-year-old who, since, the age, since a very young age, um, has to remind me of things. And it's funny that our working memory can be stronger for others than for ourselves. Um, and it's just really thinking about 
your working memory challenges, if you do have them, or if you have your significant other, your child, and how we can understand this, or you're an educator, how do you understand this for your students that might have challenges, and really help others help yourself grow. Now, I want to also talk about long-term memory which is characterized by a much larger storage capacity. So the information that long-term memory holds is more durable and stable. Long-term memories can contain information about episodes in a person's life, semantics, or even knowledge about more implicit types of information, such as how to use objects or move the body in certain ways, like the motor skills that we see. And researchers have long regarded working memory as the gateway into long-term memory. So we rehearse information and working memory enough that the memory becomes more permanent. So what happens when you have challenges with working memory? Well, we'll talk about that. And I also want to be clear, neuroscience makes a clear distinction between working memory and long-term memory. Working memory is related to the temporary activation of neurons in the brain. In contrast to that, long-term memory is thought to be related to the physical changes to neurons and their connections. This can explain the short-term nature of working memory as its greater susceptibility to interruptions <clears throat> or physical shocks or all the things that can get in the way of us remembering things, right? Right. And as I mentioned previously, working memory is one of the brain's executive functions. And you know that helps orient the work, orients my understanding of all like our brain functions and really how we train our brain to change our life. So when we think about working memory as one of the brain's functions, we see that it's the ability to hold on to new information so we can turn around and use it in some way. So it helps us hold information without losing track of what we're doing. And so this area in the brain for those of us with challenges is more like a loosely woven basket where items consistently slip through the cracks. And we've said, you, you, someone tells you something and you're like, yes, I will remember everything they're telling me. And you go later to write it down and you've only remembered one thing. And it wasn't even what the person told you. Or you have a plan of action in your mind at the beginning of the day and you realize that you didn't accomplish anything because you didn't even think about it. You couldn't remember what that plan of action was without the physical act of writing it down, without the physical reminders, guess what? It's gone. So I say working memory is like a temporary sticky note in your brain. It holds new information in place so the brain can work with it briefly and perhaps connect it to other information. I see weak working memory is the reason you might Resist in participating in conversations. You can't remember what you wanted to say, or you have to reread a paragraph several times before you can move on because you are trying to commit it to memory. So we see this in young kids. We see this in teenagers, which really is frustrating. But we see as we um, age, these skills become less readily available, or they're they 
this is the thing that we know about neuroplasticity. You have to use it or you lose it. So how are you practicing these skills on a daily basis? So poor working memory affects daily life, you guys. So you, you know, we talk about you want to join in the conversation, but the time the other person stops talking, you forget what you wanted to say. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you ideas at the end of the um, at the end of this episode to help you with some tools to boost your working memory. But as it relates to this, I cross my fingers when I have a thought that I want to contribute. I know it's super helpful. Oftentimes it's not super helpful, but it's just something that I want to contribute. I cross my fingers so I don't lose that thought. It's a physical reminder. It helps me tie something to like a, a, to something. So I'm, I, I'm physically anchoring that thought to my fingers crossed. Okay, just work with me. Try it. It really helps. Okay, poor working memory affects your daily life. If you consistently lose your keys, your cell phone, your wallet, my most recent um, cell phone losing story, which happens all the time. I am no stranger to working memory deficits, challenges. I get it. I have fully embraced it. In fact, it's like it might be endearing to some. It might be super annoying to my husband when I lose my debit card 24 days out of the month. But, I, you know, it's just who I am and I am doing my best. I am doing the work to boost my working memory. But let's, let's when we look at the 11 executive function skills, working memory is one of my challenges. But my most recent cell phone losing story, I was with two friends at a restaurant, left my phone. My friends knew I was getting my eyelashes done. Newsflash, I had started to get fake eyelashes, you know, like the, the eyelashes. And um, they tracked me down with my phone. That's how good my friends are at helping me maintain some level. You know what? I didn't even realize my phone was lost. So here we go, right? Okay. My other favorite, um, poor working memory affects your daily life. If you get lost easily, even if you were just given directions or you have trouble for trouble following conversation because you forgot what the other person had just said, you have many unfinished projects because you become distraction, distracted and forget about the first project. Hi. Uh, you plan to do some work at home, but then you forget to bring the needed items home with you. Or you have to read a paragraph several times to retain the information or listen to an audiobook and replay the same, um, same section. You miss deadlines at work because of your disorganization and in- inability to remember what you needed to do. So those with working memory deficits often use external sources to help them keep track of their thoughts. They have learned that their basket simply won't keep things inside. Mine keep falling out, so how do I create a basket? We rely on written notes, the help of others, our friends, our significant others, or we have learned to fake it when all else fails. For those of us adults who still struggle with working memory, we can use strategies to compensate for forgetting. 
Many people use a reminder system to keep things in order. They might use a notepad app on their phone. They might use Evernote or a tablet uh, to keep a clear list of running to-do items that they needed at a store. They might use a timer or calendar app to help remind them of appointments. And I will um, detail a full list of recommendations. I also want to just briefly mention, this is a whole nother podcast, but I want to briefly mention working memory in kids. And this is one of the ways that we get super annoyed with our kids. I even get annoyed with my son because it feels overwhelming. I see my own problems reflected in my son. I thought I've given him all the tools. Newsflash, I have all the tools and I still struggle. I want you to have grace and compassion and understanding because we know working memory deficits are linked to difficulties in education, reading, language, all the things. So they Kids with these have have trouble with learning and performing basic tasks. Let's say a child's math teacher asks the class to multiply six by four in their head and then subtract six by the sum. Well, guess what? If they have a weak working memory, they struggle with visualizing the numbers the teachers has called out. So they might do six times four, but then forget they need to subtract six. Or they might not remember any of the numbers by the next class. Or like a a teacher will say, do you remember what we talked about in our last class? And I want you to recall, that's gone, right? And it's not because these children are remarkably brilliant or, you know, or lacking in some intellectual deficit. No, on the contrary, this is just one executive function deficit. You know, um, I always struggled with remembering my assignments or remembering my gym clothes. And guess what? It's happening to my son. There's a lot, you know, there's warnings and then there's detentions. And I don't believe behavioral punishments or consequences will help remember. It's tools will help him remember. But, you know, this is the system and we follow the system. And I've worked with the school to, to say, okay, we need visual reminders. We need all these things. Let me create them. So you talk to your child's school and say, look, they struggle with working memory. This is how it shows up. And following practical instructions may be really difficult. They need visual reminders. Um, you know, how do we help them? Um, and really, it's about... When you have working memory challenges, your brain doesn't package the information properly in the first place. So if kids learn information in a disjointed way, they have trouble using it later. Okay, so that's just a brief synopsis of what working memory deficits look like in kids. Now, you can guess, you've seen what those challenges look like. You know, sometimes I I struggle because I have I have clear working memory deficits. I have a child with working memory challenges. And guess what? I found a husband that struggles in these same areas. You know, we're all um we all have attention challenges. So, of course, I we have a child like that. 
Um, my favorite working memory story for my husband, and I relay this to my child's teachers with love and hilarity because it is, you you either laugh or you cry, right? Chris gets to school and is like, well, I forgot the three-year-old's shoes, right? The, oh my heavens, like the shoes are integral to one's performance at school, right? So we all, we are all doing the best we can. So here are my top, apparently I have top eight recommendations for supporting working memory. Um, So um, recommendation number one, use checklists for tasks with multiple steps. You might check, um, do a checklist for your first hour at work. It might include listen to messages, return calls, check and answer emails, review yesterday's progress, check with supervisor for important tasks to be completed imme- immediately. I use checklists for my morning re- routine, which I will cover. I use checklists for my afternoon routine and my evening routine. That doesn't mean that I follow them, right? But at least I have those checklists in place. I use um, a variety of apps. Um, I use um, Fabulous for my routine checklists. I use Evernote for other checklists. I do a weekly um, review, so I have a checklist for that because here's the deal. I cannot remember that information, and nor do I want to use my brain space to remember those things. I want to use it for creativity and for um, production and not for remembering these simple things. And that leads to the second recommendation is develop routines. So you have checklists for what you need to do at specific things, um, but you also develop a routine, create a routine from for when you get home from work, place your cell phone and keys in the same place every time as you walk in the door, right? It's those routines, but those routines need to be anchored to something. So it needs to be, it can't just be a routine out of the blue. It needs to be anchored to when you walk in the house or when you, um, Walk downstairs, you drink a glass of water and take your medicine. Always anchor it to something. Um, The third recommendation, break big chunks of information into small bite-sized pieces. Focus on one or two of these, these chunks of information before moving on to the next Um, group. Suppose you're getting ready to host a party in your home or a party, right? I just hosted a 40th birthday party. Super awesome. But you were overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed with everything that needs to get done. So I need to do shopping. I need to do cooking. I need to do cleaning. I need to set up for the party. Focus on one area, such as shopping. Ignore the rest of the tasks until you're done with that. And here's the deal. Write it down. Put it somewhere in Evernote, in your notes app. It needs to be written down. Or guess what? It's you're you're just not gonna remember it, right? And I also um want to okay, so um I also want to say how I do calendars. I use an online calendar. Um, I use Google Calendar, but I also for the things that I need to do 
um, for my business. I also have things that I need to do for my personal life, for my family life. I, I, I organize it all in a sauna, and I will have a podcast episode about this because I think it's really important just for organization purposes, for those with working memory challenges, just to help us understand, orient our work. So, and then read for it. Each, like the night before each day, I write on my calendar or I write on like a physical calendar what I need to do. I cannot be trusted to remember to look at the sauna. It has to be written down. And so like you hack your brain, you train your brain to change your life. You train your brain to be productive, hack that brain. You can do it. I I promise. Okay. Step number four. Are you ready? Recommendation number four, I should say, is practice working memory skills. You can use brain training programs, luminosity. I did that. You can create your own because luminosity seemed to overwhelm me Um, or no, not overwhelm me, suck. It's a, it was a great time waster. I don't know if I it was a time waster, but I spent a lot of time training my brain. And guess what? It was time that I should have been doing other things, right? I was like, I'm remembering these coffee orders so that I can um, boost my working memory. But I needed to do other things. So what I do is I have my child or... Um, my, uh, I just come up with it, write six down, six unrelated words. I try to remember those first two words that were given to me or that I came up with. Add another word. I mean, there are so many ways that you can do this. It's just practicing those skills. I do it with my students. You know, thinking about auditory memory, um, auditory processing as it's connected to working memory. Just, just work with it. Um, recommendation number five, <laughs> reduced multitasking. Multitasking can actually shrink certain areas of our brain, and it is linked to shorten attention spans. Now, for those of us without challenges, you do you. You're adults, you do you. My child, though, wants to... Um, listen to an audio book because this is how his brain works and do his homework and do these things. But here's the deal. We want, we know, we've seen the fMRIs. Like we know what that looks like. So complete one task and then move on to the next. This is what I tell my husband all the time. It's not just kids, right? I tell myself this. Um, I, I can get easily overwhelmed. So reduce multitasking. Recommendation number six, experiment with various ways of remembering information. Remember when I said that I um, cross my fingers to remember information? You might remember a list more easily if you make a song or rhyme about it. Others find that visualization helps them remember multiple items. I'll visualize um, um, the milk truck. I'll visualize... um, someone making bread. Like these are tasks that we can do. We can help our kids. Or when you're headed home from work, again, it's like you think about what you need to do at home, what tasks need to do, what you need to do for the kids. You visualize those. Um, Images are more powerful than words. You're apt to remember everything you need at the store or everything you need to do if you 
visualize it and then follow that visualization pattern. So we also do that with kids. We do this. Okay. Um, recommendation number seven, use mindfulness to dis- minimize distractions and sharpen working memory. At Massachusetts General Hospital, Harvard Medical School, and MIT, they they did a study and they found that daily mindfulness exercises increased recall and allowed participants to tune out distractions by regulating sensory input. Whoa! So how what does your mindfulness practice look like? Let's be clear here. I forget to do mindfulness. So if it's not written down, I'm not, I'm not going to remember it, right? And so let's do this. Put it in your routine. Put it in your checklist. How do we how do we operationalize this to be successful? And number eight, the final one, add exercise to your daily routine. Studies have shown that working memory increases with daily exercise. While the reasons for this are not fully understood, scientists believe that physical activity improves, no, we know that physical activity improves the health of brain cells. It can also indirectly affect memory by improving mood, helping you sleep better, and reducing stress, areas that um, affect cognitive abilities. And I'm going to talk about exercise with someone on a podcast, so just wait for that. Um, So again, our key takeaways, we have those eight recommendations. And remember, That working memory is like a temporary sticky note in our brain. It holds information in place so we can work with it briefly and perhaps connect it to more information. So you have working memory challenges. Use your own sticky notes. Come up with your own system. You do you. You find what works best. There are holes in your basket. Yeah, you you put something and you make your basket work for you. Here's the deal, guys. I'm so, I love to do these podcasts. I can't wait to hear what you think of this podcast. If you don't mind and you've made it to the end, please, please review our podcast. I'm so grateful for your time. And as always, if you have questions, if you want to work with me, visit my website at jessicastong.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have a courageous week and I can't wait to see you next week. Take care.